All right, welcome to Lima Land Hoops in History. It's Matt Childers, your host of Lima Land Hoops in History. Great to be with you here. Typically, we take a look backwards, but tonight we're going to take a look forwards as the OHSAA State Tournament Tourney Trail. It commences this week right here in West Central Ohio, ending in Columbus on the campus of The Ohio State University, March 19th, 20th, and 21st. My uh, guest tonight uh, the voice of 93 won the fan and their hoops coverage. It's Ron Williams. Ron, good to be with you. Thank you very much, Matt. And uh, Steve Mulcahy, who's a li- lifelong uh, hoops, uh, the 1986 player of the year here in Lima, Ohio. And uh, it did a few games this year and uh, a great follower of Lima Land Hoops. How are you, Mo? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Matt. Good to be with you. Uh, Ron, before we get started with a look at uh, the tournament trail that is uh, upon us this week, uh, you filled in for uh, the legendary uh, broadcaster Vince Coza, took up those uh, reins uh, back in the fall. Describe the last few months, uh, if you would, for our audience and how that's been for you. Well, obviously, uh, we were all friends of Vince, and it was a tough time to go through, and um, I didn't like the the circumstances that that had me doing the games, but basically I did the all of the LCC games last year, so had a little experience doing it. But the the good thing about being able to do those games is now when you're heading into tournament time, I have seen most teams. And last, as I said before, yeah. you only saw the teams that LCC played. So I've gotten a look at most of the WBL, most of the Northwest Conference, you know, most of the. Uh, teams in the area, uh, and it just allows you to kind of get a better idea of what's going on, you know, who who's favored, who's going to be tough matchups for people, and uh, makes it a lot more fun. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and so we'll be uh, thinking about the Coes down the tournament trail. We used to do all of the games uh, down at State. There were 12 games that uh, took place, and uh, he really loved that week. Uh, as well. So uh, we'll be doing that as we roll forward. Uh, let's talk about uh, this season. It's been a great season for Lima Land Hoops. It, it doesn't uh, seem to surprise me more and more that every year is a really good reflection of what Lima Land Hoops has been. This year, two perfect seasons. Shawnee and Columbus Grove, both number one in the state in their respective divisions, Division Two and Division One. Uh, Ron, g- give me a paragraph on uh, Shawnee and what your thoughts are. <laughs> I have said it all year long. I, they are, to me, I just feel Mark Triplett has done a fantastic job of making them a much better defensive team than they've been in the past. They are really, they really play together well. They use their athleticism to a. I, I used to kind of look at teams who who did a lot of trapping and running and jumping. That well, when you play the really good teams. Those teams can take advantage of you. I don't know that that's going to happen because they're so athletic and they play so well together. They're like one unit moving around. So I I just give them all the credit in the world. And then, of course, uh, you know, what you always struggle with is getting the ball in the hole. Well, one guy who doesn't struggle with that is George Mangus, and he just seems to give you 30-some a night every night. And you know, having that in your back pocket is a big advantage heading into tournament time. Yeah, Shawnee, twenty-two and zero, the Division One state number one AP poll uh, for the Shawnee Indians. Steve, you did a couple of their games. You were at a couple of their games. What are your thoughts on Shawnee? I I did the game with Ron on the radio against uh, Spencerville, and I probably saw Shawnee play a half a dozen times this year. And I always look at games or teams and say, okay, if I was coaching against them how would we game plan? 
you know, and I, I don't know what you do against Shawnee. They're seven, eight deep. They got guys that can shoot the ball. They got size where they can throw it down inside. So if you say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna try to keep John Barker from getting hot from the three point line, and we're gonna protect the perimeter, they're gonna throw it down into Elwer or Vermilion, and they're a handful to guard down there, especially single coverage. Or if you say, you know what, we're gonna pack it in and take away the the skilled big guy Elwer. Well, I've seen Mangus, I've seen Wheeler, I've seen. Barker knocked down threes uh, all year long. So I, I just think they're going to be a tough out. Yeah, uh, you hearken back to uh, January, in the middle of January, and there was this setup where it was OG and Lima mm-hmm. Sr. and Shawnee, and you guys were able to be a part of those games and view those games. Uh, coming out of that, I think I would have said to begin with that Shawnee would have been 0-2 in the OG Lima Sr. game uh, coming out of that. I then uh, saw them play and saw them up close in person and realized uh, why they went 2-0. But it was a tribute to, you know, as you said, Ron, their coaching staff and what they were able to do. The one person that stands out is George Mangus. How would you describe him? I, I don't have a description for him because I've never seen somebody who – we've all seen great scorers, but great scorers have usually come from the perimeter. You know the the Dakota Mathiases, the Greg you know, the people Greg Simpson, the people who are able to control it. But they're going to have nights where they shoot forty percent. George Mangus doesn't shoot forty percent because his points all come down low. And I hear people say, "Well, he gets a lot of easy breakaway layups." Well, okay, then everybody should be able to do that if it's that easy to do. He catches the ball and gets it into the basket quicker than any player I've ever at the high school level that I've ever watched. So to me, that's why I kind of say, I don't see George Mangus all of a sudden having a night where he scores 16 points. Mm. You know, I, I've seen every one of those players have those nights. and Or, you know, like I've always said, you know, Greg Simpson, you know, he would score his 35 points on 30-some shots. George Mangus is shooting into the 60s, you know, percent from the floor, and I don't see that changing, and he's going to get his shots. So I, I just think you're automatically, and I mean, until you get, you know, maybe to a regional final or a, a state semifinal game where a team has got two or three really, but we saw that against Ottawa Glandorf, mm-hmm. and he scored 37. So I don't know how you stop him. I'm not sure. I've seen him be able to go out and make threes. You know, I've seen him, he is. He is one of the most impressive high school players I've ever watched. Agreed. Steve, how would you describe George Mangus? And uh, do you have any comparisons historically looking back? Just like Ron said, you know, we've all experienced it. If you go talk to the Shawnee fan base, they'll say that, hey, we just don't know how he does it, but we look up at the scoreboard and he's got 24. Yeah. You know, and it's the middle of the third quarter. You know, sometimes it's a quiet 18 in the first half. And I guess from my perspective – when I see somebody that's averaging 30 points a game, I want to go watch. And I'm expecting to see, you know, I, I guess Jamar Butler and Dakota Mathias and Greg Simpson, you know, you, you, you talk about what we've seen locally. And, you know, Dakota, you know, had range and shot threes and, and you know, had a Clay Thompson looking jumper. And, you know, he might go for 40 in a night. Um, George just gets it. A different way you know and 
I've been to games where he's knocked down three or four threes. I've been to games where he gets, you know, you know, breakaway layups mm. and gets some easy baskets in transition because you got guys in there rebounding and seldom, you know, he can kind of he can kind of hedge and not have to go in and get a defensive rebound because he's got teammates to do it. So, I mean, like Ron said, he scores every night and it's not like he's taking 25, 30 shots a game like some of the others. Yeah. So I think you can count on George getting his 25 or 30 um, when you start talking about, again, game planning and say they run into a really athletic team and somebody decides to play a box and one on George Mangus. Say, don't leave him. Don't let him catch the ball. Don't let him shoot. You know, how's he going to handle a, a, a 6'3", 6'4", athletic kid if they choose to do that? I still think he's going to be around the basket getting – he's just got instinct. He mm-hmm. knows where the ball is coming off the rim. And I still think he's going to get his points. Yeah, one of the most unique players we've seen and uh, one of the best that we've seen, uh, George Mangus. If you look broadly, Ron, at the ONU district, which feeds in from the uh, Paulding uh, sectional and the Lima Senior sectional, uh, you have the likes of Shawnee, number one, uh, St. Mary's is the number two seed, Defiance is three, and Wauseon is four. Any thoughts there? I I just think the only team there that – but it's, you know – I'd be surprised if they lose earlier than that, but uh, St. Mary's is the only team I feel that can really give them something. You've got, you know, obviously uh, a, a a state, a coach who's one state, got a lot of experience down there. He knows how to keep games close. He knows what he's doing. Obviously, Kirk Lehman does the same thing. So could they upset um, St. Mary's before they get to Shawnee? Possibly. But I just feel that the only team that can give Shawnee any kind of trouble at all would be St. Mary's. Yeah. Um, and we'll see if they can get themselves there. And then you got you just got to get past a, a tough district final against St. Mary's and move on from there. Yeah, very good. All right, so the other perfect season this year was Chris Souter's club, the Columbus Grove Bulldogs, in Division Four. They also were number one in the state uh, in the AP poll to finish the season. Uh, you've seen them. You've called their games. What do you see? Well, it's funny because earlier I had to do a uh, the did the drive with Marty Bannister, the new show, and I was saying that uh, Shawnee is Shawnee and Lima Senior, the two teams that are could be considered the best teams in the area, uh, but that Columbus Grove, even though they're number one and and undefeated. You know, could they play with those teams? And after seeing Columbus Grove play a couple times and seeing the athleticism that they have, um, they they would play with those teams. And so they're as good as any team around. Uh, I would, I really think they're going to be a really tough out in Division Four. But they do have a tough district final against Ottoville because that Ottoville team I really, really like, and I've seen them a few times and finally got to see them when they had everybody with Turban and Seaver both back. I love their two guards out front, the two Miller kids. I mean, they, they're they a nice team. And now that they've had about a month to get ready, they played uh, Columbus Grove early in the year when Turban and Seaver were both out. That is a team that could give them a lot of problems. I'm really looking forward to that district final. Interesting. Uh, even before that district final, you may have Columbus Grove. I'm not sure that – I think they'll play anyone, and we've interviewed Chris Sauter uh, a number of times. 
but they will have Delphi St. John sitting there in the semifinal game in the district if indeed that plays itself out. And then Kaleida versus Ottoville, two Putnam County rivals. Last year in that game, in the final game, it was Crestview and Kaleida. Mm-hmm. Kaleida up late. Crestview hits a three, takes them into the state championship. Mm-hmm. It was a regional mm-hmm. and then the state, and then they win it all. Right. Um, what a great district that is. And then what feeds into... Bowling Green now is not the Wapak, or I'm sorry, is not just the teams from around Toledo. It's the Wapak district, which historically has been St. Henry, Marion Local. Now those seeds are a little different. It's Fort Recovery this year, Parkway, Minster, and Perry. Uh, And so those will feed into that Bowling Green Regional, where Columbus Grove, if indeed they would get there, or Ottoville, or Kaleido, or Delphi St. John's, then they're going to have to play another Western, West Central Ohio team. What are your thoughts there? Well, first of all, I, I don't like, I've always, I've always had my suspicions of why the OHSAA does some of the things that they do, and the fact that they you know, you, it just happens to be that five or six years recently, you've had two teams from Northwestern Ohio down at Columbus, and now all of a sudden they've got them going both to Bowling Green. But I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're talking. I we we saw Fort Recovery play against Shawnee. They're a really good young team that can give you a lot of trouble. They got beat by Shawnee by twenty, but so did everybody else. So you know, when they play. Any of those Division Four teams, they have a chance. Perry's got some great young guards uh, who I saw play twice, and they really look good. So, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to make it that much tougher of a of a regional uh, with those teams. You're you're going to have to play more Northwest Ohio teams, which is which have been down at state many times, and with that change. It, I'm not really crazy about it, but that's how it is. You've coached in this area for 35 years. Steve, you've coached uh, for many, many years in this area. Do you ever say to yourself, man, I'd take one loss if I'm Shawnee or Columbus Grove in terms of pressure, taking the pressure off of my kids? Yeah, there's no question. And, you know, the years that we we were undefeated a few years at LCC and and were, um, were unable to finish it a couple of times. And... I I never felt that way. I, I remember you got to go all the way back to '93, the second year after uh, you know we went undefeated that year, and I just felt they played tight down at Columbus. Um, but to me, the fact is, you kind of say that as a big picture thing, mm-hmm. but when you're playing each game, you sure aren't sitting yeah. there going, oh, "I'd rather lose this one." So you, you're you're going to win every game, but yeah, as a big big picture thing, does it make it? Is it something that could help a team to lose a game instead of going in undefeated? It, it certainly could. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Steve? I don't know, man. Just like Ron said, every game you play, you're trying to win. I think that's the responsibility of the coach and the leaders on the team to to make that not an issue. Um, I don't I don't mind that Shawnee's undefeated or Columbus Grove's undefeated. Um, I, I will tell you as long as they're playing good teams and getting tested, you know, I love the fact that Shawnee played Finley and Lima Senior mm. and OG, you know. If they were undefeated with a weak schedule, then I would rather them maybe have a loss or two uh, against a good team so it's preparing them for the tournament run. Yeah. I, I, th- I think the pressure of just the tournament one and done, expectations, winning a sectional, winning a district, whatever that is, I think that 
far out far outweighs the hey we haven't lost a game yet. I year. think that's very fair. And you know, Coach Segerson, last year when we were watching, you called the game last year, Ron Columbus South Shawnee at Bowling Green State University. He said, you know, you got you to gotta take steps. Sometimes you got to take steps and you get to a regional final and then the next year you, you make your case uh, to get the state. So we'll see how that shakes out uh, in Division Two, Division Four. We head to Division Three, and that would be the number one seed, Ottawa Glandorf. They're going to be in Miller City this week. And then LCC and Bluffton. Bluffton is the number two or the number three seed there along uh, – number two, and I'm sorry. And then uh, Wayne Trace is the number three seed. LCC will play Paulding to lead into Bluffton. And so you kind of have OG, Wayne Trace, Bluffton, and LCC is kind of the headliners in that uh, district. What would you say to that? Well, of course, I don't see any of those teams being able to beat OG just off the, the top of it. Um, I think uh, Bluffton, I really, we did the Bluffton LG game. Bluffton played them fantastically and mm. really played a fantastic game. Unfortunately, I, I, I think Deniker is out. Luke, Luke, is out. Luke Deniker is out yeah, for the I, season. Okay, so fifth, if that's... Fifth, fifth knee surgery on that knee. Yeah, I, it's funny because last week I heard some people saying, no, they're talking about him playing, but I thought I heard he's out. I just heard it from his dad, right, so hopefully so. That's, that's, that's the true... The true uh, well, hopefully it's not true. Hopefully he's true. allowed to play, but yeah. it uh, yeah, if it's coming from his dad, that's most likely the case. But um, I, yeah, I just don't see you know obviously Wayne Trace, uh, Jimmy Linder does a great job, and they they are always a good team. Um, LCC always gets ready for the tournament and plays great defense, but I just don't see any of those teams. Uh, being able to make a serious run at Ottawa Glandorf to keep them from reaching the regional. And yet another game you did last year, Coldwater OG, <laughs> yeah, which was, was one of the great games. You know, fantastic that game. that happened to yeah. you know come and Nick Fisher's team was able to upset yeah. Ottawa Glandorf. Sure did, and you never never know where it could come from, and uh, you know obviously that's why they play the games, but it's. Um, OG is going to be really tough to beat yeah. before they get up to, to regional. Steve, what's a sentence or two on LCC that you've seen a lot? You know, I've watched them a lot. You know, they have athleticism. They have speed. They, uh, they get after you defensively. Um, every once in a while, they have nights where they have trouble scoring the basketball. Played Shawnee pretty well. Played really well against Shawnee. In fact, you know, had the lead in the fourth quarter and probably if I would say the coaching staff over at Shawnee with Mark Triplett would probably say that was one of the games, or let's say they had a handful of games, that was one of them that they, they got pushed. Um, to be honest, I've watched LCC a lot, and I, I, don't, I think the way the game is going to be called is going to matter for them. They have, you know, a really nice, strong football team. They got three or four athletes out there that play a little more football than basketball. And uh, if the refs let them play, it's an advantage to LCC. Yeah. Um, if the game is called tightly, um, I think LCC would be in trouble just because, like I said, they, they get after you defensively. Uh, their, their Achilles is putting the ball in the basket every, every, every once in a while at night. Yeah, yeah. All right, very good. So that's a look at Division Three. If we took a look at Division One, uh, the Lima Senior Spartans, uh, they are in Toledo too. And uh, they had an exceptional season. It kind of seems like things, you know, are a little flat in terms of the buzz about Lima Senior. But they lost both of those games that we thought they'd win against OG and Shawnee. I did count up their games. I think they had five games there 
in a 10-day or 9-day period when they had to play those those two teams. They also had to play LCC in that in that mix and LCC played them well. So Ron, what are your thoughts on Lima Senior as they head into the uh, Division 1 uh, district and, and sectional and district. Well, I just did their game at Finley the other night. Um, I don't know. Have you heard anything on Jameer Simpson, whether he's supposed to be able to play or not? No news. And, um, and, and as far as I know, they've not even published any news right, about that I don't, at this I just, moment. So I, I think that has a big, uh, an awful lot to do with it because um, you they're so athletic down near the basket, the Jadakus Max and um, you know, um, uh, Jordan Rollins does a great job. And the other one um, that came up with some big plays the other night, Dasani Claire, guys like that, they, they've got athletes down there around the basket. Um, but having a Jameer Simpson who is averaging 10 rebounds a game gives them just a – they need that dimension in the, in the ball game for them. I, I just really feel the biggest thing, and, and Matt Metzger mentioned it, that, that Quincy talked about it a little bit, they, their biggest thing is shot selection. They, they go through stretches where they bring the ball down the floor, and they did it against um, Ottawa the other night, where literally they'd go six possessions in a row where, where they'd throw one or two passes and shoot a three. And then when they let the team back in the game, they go back down inside, take over down near the basket, and, and take the game back over. They, they can't keep letting teams get back into the game because that's going to cost you one when they need it. Yeah, uh, indeed. And then Finley's in the Division One bracket. Uh, you've called a lot of games over the years. You've been to a lot of games. You've you know, gone on the tournament trail with Lima Central Catholic all the way to state a number of times. Uh, talk about that Finley venue that you just uh, broadcast the Lima Senior Finley game. Yeah, it's a night. That's the first time I've ever been in the Finley gym, and um, great gym. And you know, talking about Finley, um, they we did a game earlier in the year. They got a kid named Chris Stremka, who is the kid can jump out of the gym. He did not play against um, out of, against Lima Senior the other night. Mm. So if if they have him back and I just don't know. We we weren't able to find anything out on why he didn't play or whether he's going to be back. But Finley is a really athletic team themselves, uh, and really are a team that can give some give teams a problem. Uh, they they have trouble scoring at certain times, as they did against Lima Senior a few times. But boy, if they've got everybody ready, they're one of those teams that just you don't want to face. Yes, it Mason Roth. Uh... Well, they've got um, they got two Roth kids. It's uh, Max and Justin, I believe, and it's yeah. Max is the and, score. Yeah, and, and he, can, he can score. Yeah, oh, he scores, and he's a sophomore. Yeah. They've got a really right. good sophomore class, and uh, AJ Adams is a good inside player. So, yeah, they're a team that can that can give you a lot of problems. That would be the uh, Division One district if they ended up meeting. That would be Finley and Lima Senior. Finley, the seven seed there. Uh, Perrysburg is the three seed. And uh, Toledo start is two, Lima Senior, the number one seed. So we're looking forward to hoping that uh, the Spartans can uh, take that up to Toledo and uh, advance as they've done uh, in the previous years. So that's Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, and Division Four. If you're looking for those games, it all starts this week. And then if you look down to the districts, you've got a Saturday that could be pretty compelling where it's uh, you have a uh, 2 o'clock game that would be uh, the actual D3 game, OG and either Wayne Trace, Bluffton, or LCC, as we project. Uh, and then that evening, 
that evening you would have Shawnee playing at 7 p.m. at ONU and then Lima Senior playing that night at Toledo at 7.30. The night before that would be the district Elida and, uh, and uh, Wapak that uh, come out of that, that they would then meet up in, in that district, those two districts for Elida and Wapak. So we shall see how that goes. If you were to go home tonight and book a ticket as a fan, who would you book your ticket for in Columbus? Most likely, if you had Shawnee, OG, Columbus Grove, and uh, Lima Senior, if you had, or anybody else that you might think of, yeah. who are you most confident in that you would you would tell your wife, hey, we're going to book tickets for this because we think our team's going to be there? Well, I think the, the three that I would look at are OG, um, Shawnee, and Columbus Grove. Uh, Lima Senior is just so tough at the, the D1. I just don't know enough of what you're going to run into when the time comes. Uh, OG in Division Three is just... At six seven six seven six six, they're so hard to beat. Yeah. So I would think I would probably put them at the top. Um, but Columbus Grove and Shawnee are two teams that are mainly all back from last year. Both reached the regionals last year. Um, I would jump all over them next year <laughs> for sure. And I I would they're definitely one A and one B right behind OG. Because with the experience that they have back and the teams they have, they're both going to be really tough to beat. So, I mean, I think there's a very good chance that those three teams are at, at, um, in Columbus. And if Lima Senior, I just don't know what they run into at the regional enough to talk about yeah. it as to, to what it is. But I, I think two, three, and four, I think you'll see those three teams down there and – we hope Lima Senior is able to also. Yeah, Steve, you've seen Columbus Grove play. You've seen Ottawa play. Uh, your thoughts on who you think uh, may, may book a ticket uh, uh, I think Columbus. I'm. I think I'm with Ron. My first answer would be I think the highest percentage chance would be Shawnee. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. have watched them enough. Yeah. They do not have any weaknesses. They can play eight kids on the floor. And um, defensively, they run a couple of little things that I think are really hard to attack. Um, again, you alluded to this earlier, the little steps or little hurdles. You know, we, you and I were at the Columbus Grove game last year at Bowling Green in the regional. Mm-hmm. Shawnee got to the regional for the first time in a lot of years. I think both of them, now that they've got there, you know, a lot of kids back. It, it's incredible, the junior class of both of those schools. Yeah. You know, we're going to watch this again next year, by the way. They've got there. They know what to expect. I think they're both going to get there, and and I think they take another step and get down to the state tournament. As Ron alluded to, at the Division Three level with OG at six seven and six six and six six and a really heady point guard and a couple of shooters. I mean, it really wouldn't surprise me if all three of those teams get there. And just like Ron said, at the Division One level, and then all of a sudden you get the. Cleveland St. Joe's or, or St. Ed's or Ignatius or something where Lima Senior's got to play, mm. you know, uh, the, the, the talent that they're going to have to face. Like earlier, they did last year against St. Vincent the, St. Mary. You know, earlier tough. in the trip, whether it's, you know, in the districts or the first regional game, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna get somebody that can really push yeah. them earlier in that run. Yeah. Uh, well said. Uh, Ron Williams, Steve Mulcahy with Matt Childers here on Lima Land Hoops and History talking uh, state tournament. 
Uh, Quincy Simpson is now the number one all-time leading coach in Lima senior history. I told Metzger on the radio uh, this past Saturday I was surprised at that, but no one's really been a long-time coach there like a Chris Adams, a Bob Arns, and a Bob Sagerson. It's got to be the case because I was shocked when I heard he got that. got there pretty Quincy's quick. I think this is his sixth year. Yeah, he's done such a great job, but I would have never guessed that there wasn't a coach that had been there for 15 years yeah. who – you know, one even half their games if you're there 15 years. So, um, yeah, it shows the number of wins that Quincy's been able to put together. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it is surprising that they just haven't had one of those coaches who's been there for 15, 20 years. Yeah, speaking of Quincy Simpson, big game Sunday, Buckeyes and Michigan down at the shot. Mm-hmm. Both need it. I think they'll both get in the NCAA tournament. Xavier Simpson playing his last game at The Ohio State University as a Michigan Wolverine, who you got? Um, I'll go with Ohio State at home, um, and I think Ohio State got themselves in with that win over Maryland the I, other I night. I would agree. So I, I think they'll get in, and I think Michigan's in too. Um, I, on a neutral court, I think I'd take Michigan, but I think I'll go with Ohio State. Yeah, with home. Livers back, Michigan is a much better and a much more rounded team. Oh, you looking at me for this? Yeah. You know, who, you know who my favorite player is. <laughs> I do know. Watching Xavier Simpson play since he was about sixth or seventh grade and, you know, watching his headiness as a point guard. Um, he's just – I just love watching him play. Yeah. Um, now, being from Ohio, am I rooting for Ohio State or am I rooting for the Ohio kid that's playing at Michigan? I think it's going to be a really good game. I think both of them are in. Like Ron said, that win Ohio State got against Maryland was huge. I think Michigan's had enough wins to get in. I don't think any of us would have thought they would be this far down in the Big Ten yeah. at the beginning of the year. Um, but uh, I, I, if I'm if I'm available, I'm in front of the TV watching Xavier Simpson play point guard at Michigan. Yeah, well said. All right, uh, so we'll finish up on this. Uh, put you on the spot. Uh, probably not much of a spot, but uh, the OHSA tournament commences this week. Uh, the West Central Ohio area, the District 8 area, this area that we live in, is a basketball hotbed. Who's your player of the year this year? Wow. Um, Steve, you got an answer? I got it. I mean, I, I, I don't go think I can go with George. I got to go with George, George Mangus. Yeah. 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 I don't think I can go against George. He's been... Like you said, if, if if getting 30 a night was easy, everybody would be doing it. He's got a way to he's, put the ball in the basket, and uh, he's been doing it night in and night out for yeah. 22 games. And you've seen a lot of coaches this year, Ron. You've covered a lot of games. Who's the coach of the year? Um, if I was to think of one, you know, you always try and think of the one who kind of put together a year that people weren't looking for. Um, and if you don't, if there's not somebody that stands out in that, then, um, like for instance, I think Todd Boblet's done a great job without, uh, Deniker as much of they, as much as they've been without him. They're still a tough out in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, one five but straight. So I, I think you have to look at expectations and who met those expectations and made their team better. So I, I think that uh, Mark Triplett deserves a lot of credit for the job he's done making that team continuing to get better. I would totally agree. And especially because I don't think there were a lot of people that thought they'd win both those games against OG and right. Lowell Sr. Yeah. And he won them both Easily. Con- convincingly. Easily. Yeah, convincingly. And you think about what he's done. You know, he lost some talent from last year's team. Yeah, they sure did. I mean, That's why I didn't think they would win those games. 
because when you lose that senior class, that was yeah, three good Caprella, seniors. O'Neal and, and, and Banky. Banky. And those were three yeah. really and, nice high school basketball players. Yeah, got toughness. them. That's sure. what he was able to put that team together that quick. For I sure. I would I would go triplet and Mangus. It all gets underway uh, tomorrow evening. Ron, where will you be? Tomorrow I am at Lima Senior with the uh, the D two games, and we go to Paulding on Wednesday uh, for another D two game, Van Wert and Wapak. Um, and then Friday, we're back at Lima Senior. And Saturday, we will be doing the Lima Senior game from Fostoria in yeah. the afternoon. Sounds like a good week. you got Napoleon and Salina. The winner of that gets Lima C- uh, Shawnee. And then uh, Kenton and Elida, they would get uh, Wassey on uh, in the sectional final. Guys, it's been a pleasure uh, having you on Lima Land Hoops in History uh, as we launch this program. Uh, it's been a uh, great pleasure to be with you, and I really appreciate you uh, spending some time with me. Congratulations on your new venture here, and uh, I think you'll do great with it. We should have some fun. Guys, appreciate it. We'll see you down the tournament trail. It's Matt Childers for Lima Land Hoops and History. Have a great evening, everybody.